First reading this morning comes from Ephesians 1, verses 11 through 23. In the Pew Bibles, that's page 192. Um, I'm going to be reading from the word, or sorry, the message. It's Christ that we find, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ, we got our hopes up. He had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. It's in Christ that you, once you've heard the truth and believe it, this message is your salvation. Found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This signet from God is the first installment on what's coming, a reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. That's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the Master Jesus and your outpouring of love to all the Christians, I could not stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I think of you and give thanks. But I do more than that, I ask. Ask the God of our Master, Jesus Christ, and the glory of God to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for Christians. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy and boundless strength. All this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death and set him on the throne in deep heaven, in charge of running the universe. Everything from galaxies to governments, no name, no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all. He is the final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. The second reading will be from Luke 6, verses 20 through 31. Coming down off the mountain with them, he stood in a plain surrounded by disciples and was soon joined by a huge congregation from all over Judea and Jerusalem, even from the seaside towns of Tyre and Sidon. They had come both to hear him and to be cured of their ailments. Those distributed by evil spirits were healed. Everyone was trying to touch him. So much energy surged from him. So many people healed. And then he spoke. You're blessed when you are lo you've lost it all. God's kingdom is there for the finding. You're blessed when you're ravish ravenously hungry. Then you're ready for the Masonic meal. You're blessed when the tears flow, flow freely. Joy comes in the morning. Count yourselves blessed every time someone cuts you down and throws you out. Every time someone smears or blackens your name to discredit you. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and that person is uncomfortable. You can be glad when that thing happens. Skip like a lamb if you like. Even though you don't like to do it, I do. And all the heavens applaud. And you know you are in good company. My preachers and witnesses have always been treated like this. But it's trouble ahead if you think you have it made. What you have is, is all you've ever got. And it's trouble ahead if you're satisfied with yourself. Yourself will not satisfy you for long. 
And it is trouble ahead if you think all fun and games. There's suffering to be met, and you're going to meet it. There's trouble ahead if you, are, if you live only for the approval of others. Say what flatters them. Do what indulges them. Popularity contests are not true contests. You look how many scoundrel preachers are approved by your ancestors. Your task is to be true, not popular. To you who are ready for the truth, I say this. Love your enemies. Love them, let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer for that person. If someone slaps you in the face, stand there and take it. If someone grabs your shirt, gift wrap your best coat and make it a present of it. If someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Live generously. Here is a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. If you only love the loving, the lovable, do you expect a pat on the back? Run-of-the-mill sinners can do that. If you only help those who help you, do you expect a medal? Garden variety sinners will do that. If you only give for what you hope to get out of it, do you think that is charity? The stingiest of pawnbrokers does that. I tell you, love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a return. You'll never, I promise, never regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives towards us, generously and graciously. Even when we are at our worst, our Father is kind. You be kind. Thank you, Amy. I always like to hear from the message. It gives such a new spin on everything, and sometimes it just opens up the scripture in a whole new way. You know, especially when I've spent the week looking at it in a different translation, then I hear it. You know, the, the, the problem is that I'm like, oh, I could rewrite that message right now. <laughs> Too late. I had the opportunity this, this past week on Wednesday morning to go downstairs for the Horizons Preschool Halloween Parade. Um, I just got to see the morning one. And uh, I went back upstairs after I watched these kids, and I said to Irma and Cease in the office, I said, well, I saw a lot of princesses, and I saw a lot of Spider-Men <laughs> down there. I especially like the one Spider-Man. This is my favorite. One Spider-Man came in, and they, go, they, they walk around the fellowship hall, and there's all these parents and grandparents and cameras and stuff. This one little Spider-Man came in, took one look at all those people, and he just sat down on the floor, and he wouldn't go any further. <laughs> I didn't really blame him, actually. In the church, our heroes do not necessarily have bulging muscles or crowns. They're not born to royalty. They do not have some kind of a special cape or tools. They're just people. They're just people. And the Gospel of Luke reminds us that it's not the superheroes that God especially loves, especially loves. The people that God keeps right next to his heart, right next to his heart, are the poor. And literally the poor. The people who have the least. In the world, those who are, I mean, literally hungry, even, Luke says. So the ones that God has this, this hole for, right here in God's heart. And that's where the poor and the hungry live, and the people who are crying and mourning and desperate. The people who are, are sick and rejected and 
the most unlovable, that's the ones that God takes and puts right here, right next to him, because they need it the most. And we are most like saints, most like saints, maybe we're most becoming saints, when we behave in that same way. I like the, this translation that Amy read. It talks about not you know, loving our enemies, because that's, that's kind of a complicated. It talks more about being generous, being, um, taking the first step towards being kind, acting um, in unexpected ways towards people, turning around the things that would be extraordinary if somebody was doing it for us, turning around and doing that for other people. And not just the people that you can get something back from. Because as it, as it says in that translation, you know your, your garden variety or run-of-the-mill you know, sinner can do that kind of stuff. What this text is asking us to do is not to be a garden variety or run-of-the-mill sinner, but a super sinner. That's what a saint really is. We're all sinners. We're all just people. But saints are people who kind of do the stuff that God would like them to do or work with God despite the fact that they're sinners or maybe just even because they're sinners and have been forgiven. And then they become super sinners. And that's what a saint is. Not a perfect person. And, and I love Penny's message here. Not, it doesn't have to do with the clothing they're wearing or how much they're reading the Bible. They are people that allow God to use them. It's pretty demanding what Luke, what, what Jesus is asking us to do in that Gospel of Luke, to love the unlovable and to be kind first to people and never even to think of getting reward. And when people demand things from us and are mean to us and persecute us, then we turn around and are nice to them. That whole, if somebody, I, you know, it's very graphic. If somebody slaps you in the face, you stand there and let them slap you again. How, that's, how can we do that? How is that possible for a human being to do that? That's a lot to ask. That requires a saint, we might say. But I say no, it just requires a super sinner. And the Ephesians passage tells us how it is that it's possible for us to do this. It says we've received an installment ahead of time. We've received an installment. As soon as we believe we received an inheritance through Christ, we've received a little bit of power. You don't have to wait until the afterlife to start living like a saint or an angel. As soon as we believe we receive something of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, and it starts to work in us right away, right away. And it helps us to live for the praise of Christ's glory. We cannot do this by ourselves. We need this power. It helps to make us wise, you know, like those glasses that Allison put on. We don't put on glasses, but we put on the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we start understanding the scriptures better. It helps us to understand, to be wise, and it helps us to love and forgive other people. We are all saints in training. And the more we allow God to work in us, the more we move towards sanctity. And I use that word on purpose. The more we move towards holiness. Whose concept was holiness of heart and life? That's John Wesley coming up again. The sanctifying grace of God with the power of the Holy Spirit is at work in you already. It's there. It's working in you. It's, giving, it's allowing you to be a super sinner. 
And, and I see that in you already. I see that here in the church. I see you growing. I see you doing things, amazing things here, and using many different kinds of gifts. That's why I like Paul. Paul is a pretty demanding you know, person when he writes these letters, but he also takes time in the letters to say, thank you, I see what you do already. He says to the people, I've already seen you being very good and doing some wonderful things. You know that you're already doing that by the power of God. Don't think that you can't be doing those things. And that's been the whole point of our stewardship campaign, that we have already been blessed in so many ways and received so many different kinds of, of gifts, not just material things, but, but we are just blessed by being able to be a church together. That is a wonderful gift. And this sense of feeling the Spirit doing things through us, that is the greatest feeling in the world, the greatest feeling in the world. Last weekend, when we were with the confirmation class on, on a retreat, it was a Holy Spirit weekend. And I talked to them about the fact that you know, the Holy Spirit starts working within, within them right away. When you are baptized, when a baby's baptized, or when we confirm somebody, or when somebody joins the church. And there's some of you who just recently joined the church. You know, there, um, there are some sets of questions you answer. There's also a special prayer that we say over that person. Remember, we lay on hands, and the prayer that is said at that moment is that the Holy Spirit works within that person, that they may be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, may I remind you that when I pray like that, when we lay hands on somebody, those are not just words. I believe something happens. As soon as those hands are laid on you and the prayer is prayed over you that the Holy Spirit work within you, I believe that it starts working. I'm not just saying that. It does. It starts working in you right away. Whether you know it or not, it is working in you right away as soon as those hands are laid on you. And think of the questions that you answer in those situations. The first question that gets asked of the parents or if somebody joined the church or the confirmand is, do you reject the, the, the powers of evil and wickedness? And do you repent of your sin? That's the first question they get asked. That's a biggie, isn't it? But the second question I say, listen to the second question. The second question says, do you accept the power that God gives you to do all that? We are saying we can't do it alone. We can't become super sinners alone. We need the power of God to help us do that. And I truly believe that in that service and in so many ways, the Holy Spirit starts touching you and working in your life and giving you power. We have an installment plan of receiving power. We've already started to receive the inheritance as soon as we believe. That's how it is possible. What Jesus asks of us is no light thing. To live humbly and to love others, to give away and give away and give away of ourselves and our time and our goods, that's a lot to ask. Believe me, I know that. And it's something sometimes we think only saints can do that, but you are saints. You have the power to praise Christ, and to love as God loves. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? To become holy. Do you worry about being able to do that? Paul reminds the Ephesians that they're going to get power from God. And, and you know what he says? He goes, okay, now here I'm going to show you. You've already seen that power at work. I'm telling you you're going to get power. And you've seen it at work. You saw the power of God raise Christ from the dead. And you saw the power of God in the risen Christ and in the way he's acting as the head of the church already. The power is there. That's the power I'm telling you that you have. 
We have Jesus as the head. We have God's power available to us and the power of the Holy Spirit already working in us. Who says we can't be super sinners? Who's, who dares to say we can't be saints? I don't say it. I say we can be. We've seen it already in this church. You've seen it in the life. I see it in you. And I see it in our future. Who says we can't be it? We've got the power of God available to us. We can do these things. We can love as God loves. So thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>